Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell. I am the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. With me today is someone very special, someone who uh, I have cussed at regularly, someone who's brought tears to my wife's eyes, and someone I've been looking forward to meeting. Uh, the reason... <laughs> <laughs> the reason he brings out cuss words is because he pushes me and the reason he brings tears is because he uh, both pushes and comforts and this is chase tucker uh most people know him from peloton but chase you're uh welcome your background is much broader than uh peloton where you've been for the past four years and we'll dive into that a little bit chase yeah absolutely. welcome yeah Thank you for having me. It really is a pleasure being here um, and just just uh, be on my very first podcast of 2022. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Awesome. Let's. Uh, so you know, some people know this about you. Some people don't. You uh, you're the oldest of three. You grew up in Chicago. Um. You. Here's what I do know, and then I'll ask you to fill in the blanks. You uh, you started down a path of maybe thinking that you wanted to do pre med because your parents were in medicine. They right. didn't they didn't have an early, an easy start, and we can talk about that a little bit if that's. I would uh, love relevant. to. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah. And then you know I want to know <laughs> what got you out of out of pre-med into kinesiology. Uh, for me, what got me out of pre-med was OCHEM. Uh, <laughs> organic chemistry was like, mm, that's a nope. So uh, yeah, so let's talk about, you know, where'd you grow up and how did that impact you? And how did you know, like you've always been a helper. How did you know you wanted to go this route? Yes, okay. So I can, I can go about it a couple of ways. Would you, would you like me to go from, you know, the switch from pre-med to kinesiology? Or would you, do you want to know like a little bit further back? Let's go back go a little bit. And it's, it's okay. always funny. Yes. You know, my doctorate's in clinical yes. psych. And so when I, when I go, right. let's go back. Uh, it's not the, let's begin with your mother and your father. It's not that, but it is like, what what were some of your early influences in childhood? Uh, you, you know, you talk about being, um, you've always played sports, you've always been slightly competitive. Right. Like, let's go back. What what caused that? Hmm. I think that, uh, so yes, I'll start at the very beginning, the very best place to start. So I, I grew up in Chicago uh, as the son of, two underdogs right on my mom's side I had you have a, a a a woman who when she was a little girl she moved over here from Haiti uh with her you know her her brothers and uh, my uncles and uh my grandfather my grandmother her mother actually moved over from Haiti to America first to prepare and lay the foundation for what eventually would become 
you know, the, uh, just the, the start, you know, the, from, for the rest of, you know, her family to come over here. So when she was like a little girl, I think she was like four or seven, I forget exactly, but she, she, uh, came over here. And so already right off the bat, she was born into a reality that I'm not going to say that she was necessarily like she grew up impoverished or anything like that, but she, um, she was born into a setting that, you know, you're already an unlikely candidate to get a, a shot to get out of there. Right. Um, and, um, and, or to experience anything other than your immediate surrounding. Right. And so, so my mother, she, that's where she came from. And then she, um, and I, on my dad's end, he, uh, he was born in Chicago, uh, and he was born to a single mother who almost didn't have him. And just because of circumstances and the setting, he, you know, he grew up in the West side of Chicago, which wasn't a third world country, but you know, it, it, in many ways, there were a lot of similarities, including the level of poverty around this, the, the mentality the the level of violence and just um you know that he was he saw on like a regular basis and so which he he made his way out of as well so right off the bat i you know before you even get to me being born i am the product of two underdogs who are my heroes and who always have been and who are just in my mind they're, they're just they're badass and they just so they just right off right off the jump I'm set up with like a lot of, um, even though I didn't grow up in those situations myself, I grew up like, I'm so grateful. I was just, I was literally actually, on, uh, just finished being on a couple calls before this podcast episode. Um, I was on a couple calls with not one, but two first generation black men who are now, uh, founders of, you know, companies in tech and, you know, we were talking about the fact that like how, how much, how grateful I am or how grateful we were for the fact that, you know, we have that, we have that, but have both, right. We're just, we're just one point of contact away from that struggle or that adversity. We didn't experience it ourselves, but we, we, we are the first shot of making those struggles, you know, worthwhile. That's amazing. Kind of making them, um, making them not, not, not having been in vain. Right. So yes, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get back to my story, but, uh, I, and so this is why like, I, I start with before me because I'm there. I just, I say this, if it seems like I'm really kind of harping on this and going on a lot of this, I wanted to really emphasize, you know, the fact that, you know, this is, this is how I was set up to even just be at the level that I was, but I don't want everybody listening to acknowledge, like, you know, no matter how, where you are, how low, whatever you were, you were, or high you are, you like you, you were set up before you even came to existence. You were set up a certain way by the struggles of the people behind you, whether it was one generation behind you, more your ancestors, whatever. So, um, okay. That's so huge. Was, That's huge, by so, the way. And, and I, I, right. I want to, you know, along the way, what I like to do is to point out sort of leadership lessons as part of the, right. as part of the journey. And that is, it right. is huge that the, the stories, the intergenerational stories that happen, your grandparents, your parents, even maybe your great grandparents, what they've passed down as legacy 
you either get to say, wow, that was hard. And I guess my life is hard or (laughs) wow, that was hard. And I have the opportunity to bounce from that. And, and like, so you were set up like with underdogs who were fighters, like they, they were like, they, that's part of your legacy is, Hey, we came here for a reason. And you're like, well, I'm not throwing away. <laughs> I'm not throwing that away. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good for you. It is. Thank you. Thank you so much. I agree. I think that I not only agree that my parents are fighters, they are warriors of, um, you know, each in their own right. And so the fact that they combined and joined forces to, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm just like, man, it's like the best in my mind. It's like the best story ever of, you know, how, how two people can meet because my mother she came from Haiti. Um, I'll tell the rest of their stories. Like, uh, she came from Haiti and then she went on to become, you know, a, in a time where there weren't many people who looked like her or came from where she came from. She came and she didn't speak a lick, lick of English coming over here. So she was, would often get teased, made fun of. And so she used that even growing up. She would like, she would tell me about how she would get teased, made fun of. And she would, she would just like use it as fuel. Like, okay, like doubt me, doubt me. And she like fueled her way all the way to medical school, became becoming a doctor, like the upper echelon of, of academia, like where no one expected a little girl from Haiti to come from, right? Or to make it, make it from. And then on my dad's side, having been like, you know, growing up to a single mom, almost who almost aborted him just because of the, you know, the situation that she was in and, you know, no, no judgment or anything on her. Like everybody has their situation and their journey and the things that they feel they have to do, but he almost did, wasn't even born. Then when he was, he was born in like, you know, South side of Chicago, you know, rough West side, which is, you know, poverty, there's projects, there's gang violence, drugs, so many things that every reason not to be the person that he was. And yet he willed himself out of that focus on his studies, you know, you know, uh, became, you know, disciplined, and sought out discipline in the form of martial arts, which kept him focused. And he went on to become a doctor and as well. So I think that, and then my parents meeting, my mom, my, my mom being in a residency, my dad being a doctor in the hospital where they met, it's like the, you know, no wonder, like, I, I feel like the hopeless romantic in me is just like, <laughs> like, that's just like, like, you can't, it's like, you can't paint a better, in my mind, you can't have a better start of like two underdog warriors just like meeting and along their parallel paths. And then like joining forces like that. And I, so I love, I love that you love that. Right. I love yes, that you love I that. Do. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I do. I always, I always have too. And I always, it almost like, I really, I really, um, like I said, I have this, like a part of me that's like always going to be that hopeless romantic, but you know, I always, appreciated that the story from like an early age. Cause I was like, I was like, like, this is not, I, even at, as a young age, I was like, this isn't normal. Like that's not supposed like that doesn't how, how, what are the odds that that would happen? And so right. I think that, that, that gave me such an appreciation for people who have every reason not to be who they became, but they found a way anyway. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite kind of people. Cause that's the person that that's the people that I came from. And that's who I see myself as. So all right. Now they meet, they have me a year after getting married. So I was born in Chicago to a son of two doctors. And so, um, I, uh, and I, and I pause right there. And I, I think that 
part of what I like, why I love to preface with that story is because when I say I'm a son of two doctors, I feel like a lot of people be like, Oh, he was like, he was like, had this cushy kind of upbringing, you know, or like he had a silver spoon. I'm like, you don't know what, you know, the parents that I came from, like, cause that's not, that could never be the case. But, um, so I, some two doctors and I was the oldest of three. So I have two younger brothers, my baby brother, my baby, sister who i um they're not actually babies but i just call them baby brother and sister, baby brother sister because they're in my mind they're always going to be like these little i remember being a little a kid and like asking like god please can you can i have like a little baby brother and sister and he gave them to me and so um i'll, I'll always look and i'll always look at them as like being like my like the babies in my arms no matter how big they get and my little brother's bigger than me he's like twice my height but that's awesome um, you're adorable Chase. so this is so good (laughs) i'll take it i'll take it so i uh i grew up in chicago and so chicago was you know was my i love chicago everybody who takes my classes they know i reference the fullest uh and chicago really was I love it because it's where I, I, it's where I grew up. It's what I knew as it's what I knew the world to be, you know? Um, and I, uh, I lived there until I was, uh, I think 11 years old. So 11, I moved to Florida, uh, with my family, my mother, uh, my, my grandmother on my mother's side, was, you know, my grandparents on my mother's side, they live in Florida. And so my grandmother on my mother's side is a nurse. And so she was taking care of my grandfather um, and who had had back-to-back strokes. He had, was having dementia, health issues, and she was basically taking care of him and it was weighing on her. So my mother uh, made the decision or, yeah, she made the decision. Like, she's like, I, I want to, you know, I want to be the one who, who, who can take care of, take care of my mother, take care of my parents. So she moved us. She, she, um, and my father made the decision, uh, to, you know, move our family there. And so we did, we moved to Florida. And so I lived there for a few years. Um, and at 11, it's, uh, it's actually, that's kind of an upheaval, you know, you're you're just a preteen. You've been right. in Chicago, you're a preteen, right. and now your life has turned turned upside down by a move. So, right. And so I, yeah, because I, I, I grew up and I had, I had moved before because I had, you know, lived in Hyde Park and we moved, we moved to Oak Park, but it was still Chicago, right? It was still Chicago. Right. And so it um, was the first time moving outside of Chicago, but I didn't see it necessarily as like, oh man, I'm going to move, I'm going to miss Chicago. I, I knew that I, you know, I, I would always love Chicago, but I had, I had, as a kid, I was used to being in Florida because we would go and travel and like visit my grandparents, go to Disney World, visit them, you know, in Florida, get like mango fruit from there, like a mango tree in the backyard. And, you know, I would go in a swimming pool. So I was no stranger to Florida. And I was like, I was like actually excited. I was like, you mean where you get to go and like live? I was probably like more excited than I was scared. Because okay. I was like, you, you mean to tell me we get to go where it's always like sunny and you know, we can go swimming and go to the beach, but I, I, cause I'd only known it from that, from that, um, that viewpoint, from that lens. Uh, so yeah, we left cold, went through Chicago, moved to Florida, lived there for three years. My grandmother, she, uh, she shortly after we moved there, she unfortunately 
uh, passed away from leukemia. And so we stayed in, we stayed in Florida. We took care, we were still taking care of my grandfather and my mother decided who's a pediatrician, by the way, she's a, so she, she's a doctor for children. She decided she wanted to open her own clinic. She didn't, she no longer did she want to kind of, you know, work for another hospital. She wants to have her own clinic because one thing that she has always had a passion for from, um, from day one as a, in her, in her practice or in her career was, um, being a, being someone who could be, who could lend her services in lower income, um, communities so that she could really be where she was most needed rather than being just yet another person who's like in a more affluent or, you know, uh, and even when she first got out of, I think when she first got out of med school, she was actually the program that she was a part of paid for her was willing to like pay for partially or fully for her education. If she just, if she made up basically like a pledge to like work X many years uh, in this kind of low income neighborhood. And she was like, you mean to tell me like I get to p- get paid to do what I want to do anyway? Sure. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> so Fantastic. she was, she loved that. So, but um, fast forward us being in Florida, uh, my mom, you know, really wanted to start her own clinic. So we scouted out. I remember us going on different flights, different trips out of the country, like North Carolina, um, Mississippi, like different States, like to scout out places where she could potentially find a spot where there was a need for her, where she could, we, we could call home. And we ended up moving to Tennessee, uh, and choosing Jackson, Tennessee, where we ended up living so that she could start her clinic in Humboldt, Tennessee, which isn't far from, uh, Jackson. So uh, basically, so 11, yeah, it's 11 was in, uh, Chicago, three years spent in Florida. So it was a bit of fragmented upbringing. So I spent my last two years of high school in Tennessee. So I spent my junior, sophomore, junior and senior year high school in, in Tennessee. And throughout this whole time, like I've, I've been playing sports my whole life. Since age four in Chicago, I was in AYSO, American Youth Soccer Organization, playing soccer, like rec league soccer, playing other sports too. But soccer has always been like my favorite sport and the one that I've played since um, I was like at it from the earliest age. So, um, yeah, I after high school, I graduate. Still don't really know what I want to do. And mind you, like throughout my 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 academic career, I've, I've, I've never been the kid who's like the smartest or the A student. Um, I was always like the guy, the kid who, who just like teachers would tell me like, he's got so much potential, but he just doesn't apply myself. <laughs> and looking back, I was like, like, duh, like I was, I just never felt challenged. And my mom could see, I really am grateful for my mother because she, for so many reasons, but for one reason is that she, you know, she's so wise because she was able to see in me where other people saw this problem child who was just maybe mischievous or just not applying himself, or maybe just, you know, uh, high, you know, not really uh, focused. She saw a child who just wasn't stimulated. Like I just wasn't, I, I was bored. And like, I, I didn't have anything that was interesting to me um, or, or stimulating to me. And so she really, I, I, I'm grateful that she put me in sports. She really took the initiative to put me in sports, keep me involved in activities that like really, like, you know, kept me active, kept me challenged, exposed to different things. And she saw how curious I was, right. Mm -hmm. She she saw how curious I was and how much, how, how I loved learning. And so I'm really grateful that she put me in those situations where I could soak up new information and, 
and just be that that curious child, which I still am to this day. I'm just like a big curious kid. And that's where, you know, I think that those are the, those are the two things that still just define me to this day. Like I'm still curious, always have been since I was a kid, I'm still mischievous, you know, I'm slowly getting into, into mischief uh, as an adult. One of, now it's just positive mischief. One, <laughs> so, one of the, one of the reasons yeah. that, you know, it was, it was my wife that suggested that, that we connect. And right. one of the reasons she suggested that is because she said that you and I are very similar in the way we think. Right. And, um, and I'm like, maybe, you know, and, and what's great is I'm a, I am a huge fan of promoting curiosity. I believe, and I just did a Ted talk on this. I believe that curiosity is actually the, uh, the keystone for bringing us together as, as, uh, in humanity, the, curiosity keeps us out of judgment curiosity keeps us out of blame and curiosity keeps us creative mm. and so if we are always looking for right. what's this other angle what's next what else is there um that it's that it, it it allows for a creative outlet it also allows for a different perspective and um and so while there was a mischievous part of you <laughs> which was which is the playful side which i think is absolutely essential not to lose also, right? That you keep that. Um, there's also this really grounded curiosity in what else is there? Like, you know, right. in terms of challenge, in terms of personal mm -hmm. uh, fulfillment. So right. I love that. I love that. Good. I'm glad. Thank you so much uh, for highlighting that. I think uh, I'm glad that you promote curiosity because I think that curiosity is one of the things I'm learning now to promote more, but up until I got, up until I became more of an adult, um, who was out here. Yeah. I think after college, when I kind of was in the world a little bit more and I could see more of it, I was. I started realizing how much that's when you really start realizing, okay, what, what you've had in your life up until this point versus what other people, what the world is actually like. And I started realizing like people, like people were, were experiencing these situations um, that were clearly like making me aware of the fact that just like, wow, like people just don't, not everybody thinks this way. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize. And so I'm, I'm just now starting to promote it more because up until me, like really adulting more, like I didn't realize how much it was like a superpower of mine that like from an early age, I've been building that muscle and how so many people, it's a weakness of theirs because curiosity is like, either they don't even realize that it's something worth investing in, or they just haven't developed it enough to the point where like, you know, cause in my, in my opinion, you can only really you can only really achieve uh, heights that are in like the level of the success you wish to achieve in life is in direct proportion to the level of curiosity that you have. And I, I truly believe that. I think that, you know, anyone, whether you're in business, whether you're in sports, you, anything, um, your ability to ask curious, like, I wonder if I, what, what if I could do that? Like, I wonder if, 
like what would it take for me to like do that one day and it's like a playful thing like i wonder if and it and, you know and i think that that curiosity that play that mischievousness is just it's it's helped me kind of really deflect a lot of the things that would otherwise have uh caused me to sit in the setbacks and failure and it allows me to just be like be so rather than just take it personally i'm just like so much more curious of like okay what if i just what if i overcame this like what if i kept that's the question what if what if this top what if this is exactly what i needed like to so okay i discovered a way not to do it i wonder what the way is like oh that is the question that is so good chase i I love that so much the uh, i'm realizing now i haven't even finished my 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 background story but because I've 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 just been like so jumping off at different points, but if you, I'm happy so, to finish that too, if you want. Yeah. Like, so here's yeah. what I'd love to do. I want to right. I want to uh, highlight what you just said because I think mm-hmm. uh, you know part of what I love to do is to is and I think it's important for the audience, uh, the listening and viewing audience, is to is to really right. lock in the lessons along the way. Um, right. Also, the journey because I want to I do want to get to the point where you're like, yeah, med school, no physiology, yes, right. Yes, absolutely. Um, But I want to highlight this first. What you just said, the level of achievement is in proportion to the level of curiosity. And you're not you're not saying, well, how do I do it? You're saying, I wonder what it would be like to do it. Right. People stop themselves with the how. Right. I don't have all the how in place. Therefore, I guess I can't. And that stops curiosity. It's I wonder what it would be like to break through this. You know, it, it's sort of like when you ask us to to move from lightweight to middleweight to to heavyweight in our training. It's not, well, how do I pick this thing up? It's like I wonder what it would be like to do one rep now, two now, four right. now, eight. Right. So it's like right. I wonder. It's not a how. It's you just do it, and I wonder what it would feel like to break through. And that's the mindset that that I think is so powerful in life. It's part of, I believe what drives you is the, I wonder what it would be like to just do this thing. Absolutely. (laughs) It's not, it's not, Oh, I got to figure this out. I got to step back and do all the, the how stuff. It's like, let me take a step towards it and feel what that's like. Awesome. Now that I know what that's like, I wonder what it would feel like to do the next thing. So Man, yeah. you're absolutely right. And I think that, I think that um, it's really when you're, I'll put it this way, when you're a curious person and you are more, because really what it comes down to is imagination. Like how, how, how much are you in tune with your, your imagination and your ability to just like make believe? Like that's something that I'm I'm so grateful that I not only was curious and I was put in situations that fostered curiosity thanks to my mother and thanks to you know my upbringing but then also I was I was also really I, I was in books so much I was reading so much I think reading books and I have a big shelf I'm looking at it right now that in my place and it's like my most prized position in my place you know because books really allowed me to escape and experience bring the world to me i basically before i ever traveled the world i i brought it to me through whether i was learning science whether it was history whether it was fiction i really love fiction books but like everything i i just before there was the internet like i had books and they were my 
they were my escape into foster imagination. And I was forced to imagine things and I was forced to, um, yeah. And, and so I think that imagination when, when you're tapped into your, your, your curiosity and your imagination, everything is, I won't say that it makes life. I wouldn't say that makes life easy. Maybe it does, but the things that I hear people complaining about uh, sometimes like that they see as obstacles. I really, it's, it would be, uh, I'm trying to think about like an analogy that would make it. Um, okay. So another thing about me is like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an avid, like I don't really play as much now um, just because I'm so like, life is now my video game, but I've been like a gamer since I was a kid. I love playing video games. And so again, play, right. Sport, whether it's sports, whether yeah. it's just playing games, whether it's, you know, hide and seek, whether it's video games, I love play. And so I think movement is play. We can get into that more later, but I, uh, movement I think is really born of a desire to play. We have a nature, a natural intrinsic desire to play. And so I love, I look at it as like what some people see as like an obstacle, like something that's in their way. I, I'm, I think video games and books and just like my bringing train me to think of, of these things. is like, this is the fun part. Like how, how, how unfun, how boring would the game be if you were just like literally traversing, like even Mario, it was just like completely flat landscape, nothing to jump over nothing to bounce your head on and like make mushrooms come out. No, nothing, no minions to kind of like, you know, get damaged by and then like try again. And like, like it would be so boring. Right. And so I think I look at life as like a video game. And so when people are complaining like, Oh, like this is how I'm like, what i i can't wait to get to that can we trade play i got can i can i can i like play that game for i'm almost gonna like hop in them and like play yep. play that video game for them because i'm like this is this is fun like i i'm i'm curious for you like what would it take like what would i have to do i'm already like strategizing in my mind like ways that i could approach it's like would i say this would i try that would i you know all these different things and it's um and then of course it's always also because i'm not personally like a, being affected by it it's always easier to like think that way when you're not you know when you have a level of detachment but so that detachment that i use that in my own philosophy as well for for my own life I'm i think detachment. that's brilliant right because yes. one of the things i know that you're a coach you've done right. you've done coaching you're in coaching um right. and one of the things that as coaches what we bring that other people don't have is perspective mm. Right. Absolutely. So you, you can't ask a fish what water is like because the fish has no reference of other than water. Right. And so you're in a space where you go, I could see it and I just want to jump in and make them do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's what's yes. really fabulous. Right. Is the, is the look. It's my know, favorite a, thing. It's the best. It uh, is. It's so awesome. I love tinkering and like, I've been to myself, like I love messing with people's thoughts. I love tweet. <laughs> like I love, I love, like I can almost like see like if you can think of like the interface of like you know like these digital interfaces where like in, in the minority report where they're like waving their hands and like they can grab like invisible like a piece of like digital thing with yes. their hands. it's like yes. i can almost when talking to somebody i can it's like i can see the pathways in their mind that get them to arrive to the conclusion that they've gotten to and i can see the piece that's in their way and i almost like like pulling that out like examining that up like examining it holding up to the light and being like 
look at this. Do you like this? How cool would it be if we swapped this and maybe took it in place for this one that would now become a bridge instead of a blockage and then like allow you to have effortless, you know, you know, momentum forward on your, on your journey now. But yeah, it's, uh, I love, love, love that, um, you know, having that detachment, being able to like see someone else's perspective or offer perspective that somebody else literally can't see because we always question, we're willing to question every belief except the ones that are our most deeply held ones. Like, think about that. Like, that's crazy, right? I'm thinking about how like, I'm willing to, I'm willing to question everything except gravity. Like, and, but what if, right? Like, exactly. Exactly. What if I'm not on earth and gravity is different? Exactly. It's, yeah. It's so, and so first principles is, is so valuable for that reason. Cause you like, you really literally can assume nothing and just start from square one. Continue though. I, I, it's, uh, it's so fabulous that you're, that you're Mm -hmm. even referencing first principles because it, that brings us back to, can we question everything? And the answer is, Mm. of course, of course we can. And we probably, dare I say it's, it's the S word that I very seldom use. We probably should, um, Mm -hmm. right. The, it's like, Right. Can we, should we? And, and one of the things it's interesting, the, the, the tied to curiosity is what the reason that we don't question things is that the things we value, they're, they're insidiously connected to us, to our identities. Right. Right. And so if we question the things that are tied to our identities, then who are we? And to yeah. me, that's a beautiful conundrum. That's like, well, right. another puzzle, who are we? And to many people, it's like, well, don't, you know, you could touch everything else, but don't touch who I am. It's like, well, mm. you are in order to It gets grow, too close to home, right? Yeah, in order to grow, you've got to touch who you are because mm-hmm. like your, your foundational story right. of uh, my grandparents had it hard, my parents had it hard, my parents made it easier, mm-hmm. but man, did they struggle. And I'm not throwing away the shot that they gave me. That's a foundational right. story that right. you build on. Well, other people have foundational stories that actually bury them. Mm. Right? And they let, they let themselves get like, well, you don't understand. Like, you know, my parents had it hard and, um, you know, they made it, but I can't really surpass them um, because of the hard work they did. You know, I honor their work. And, and instead of honoring their work by going, and I'm going to contribute greatly in the world because of them, it's like, right. no, they had it hard. I'm going to carry their struggle forward. Right. You've made a very deliberate bounce. You've made a very deliberate bounce. You're like, I was given this thing. My parents struggled. I was given this shot. I'm not throwing away this shot. Look at who I am. And then, and then all the circumstances that led you to, I like movement. I'm curious. I'm going to use the, what did you say? Books to bring the world closer to you. It's like, yes. oh my gosh, everything about that is, it's like, these are the layers of success. And by the way, anybody can start that at any point. 
Right. right. You can start curiosity now. You can start examining your identity and what you brought with you that no longer serves you now. You can start by bringing books into your life to bring the world closer. Now, even though we have internet, uh, there's something magical about books. I have this big, you were pointing to yes. yours, right? So I have this big, you know, case of books. it's, it's, it's so fat. It's so, um, I will say that I agree. Um, first of all, yes, everything you just said, but I think that one of the most powerful and the, the person who I listened to and pay attention to who articulated this, that I heard for the first time say it was Tom Bilyeu, who said, I believe that um, one of the most powerful identities that we can adopt as human beings is the identity of a learner, right? Um, because if I'm, you know, I can base my identity on a lot of things. I can base my ego and my sense of pride and, um, and accomplishment on a lot of things, right? And they'll all get me so far, but it, it's only the identity of a learner that allows me to be truly anti-fragile because the, if I put my identity in being a businessman, for example, well, what happens when inevitably I hit the thing that kills my business and now I'm questioning like, who am I? And I'm like, cause I was so wrapped up in it. It was so part, much a part of me that now it's crippled me. It was my Achilles heel. Something that was a, literally a natural part of that journey and that was a prerequisite for success is now a part of my demise, but it's the identity of a learner that the more, the more obstacles I face, the better I become, the smarter I become. And I actually start getting hungry for them. So not only do I become, am I able to withstand them better? Not only do they move me forward, but I actually look forward to them. Like that's that's such a powerful, that's, that's truly a, such a powerful, uh, identity and when he said that it was kind of like a shift because it's something that of course i i believe i didn't have to like disagree with or like that or or shift my belief from anything to that but i was like that is so true i've never heard it articulated that way and that is very and so from then on i intentionally adopted you know i realized how much from like an early age i had that uh, you know that wealth of experience of investing in that learning mentality of, his, of being a student and then I, I, I leaned in even more. And uh, last thing I'll say on that note is that it's so interesting that, to me that like when people, when people are on their journey, and it's because of that reason actually that this is a this is a, a this is a reality. When when you don't have your identity as a learner, when things inevitably come up for you on your journey that require you to learn something. Well, now it's almost like a hand thrown up. Oh, wow. I should have been. Oh, my gosh. I'm at such a disadvantage. Like, oh, my goodness. When it, it's like we know that the things that we invest in and that we haven't just haven't been a part of our default are the things that we appreciate the most. Like it's my investment in something that allows me to appreciate it the most. Um, so how, why would I see this as anything other than an opportunity to invest in myself and invest into a skill and truly appreciate it because it is the key that will allow me access into my next level. So good. It's, it's a, it's a very, it's so, it's very, uh, very, a lot of idiosyncrasies of, of how the human mind works sometimes. But I'm, I'm, as you can tell, like I'm, I'm a big student of human nature and psychology. So when, when I first took my first psychology class at 
Lipscomb University where I went. Um, that of course I had like read up and you know, you know had you know done readings and stuff and realized that like I was a fan. I loved learning about how people think and like what motivated them. But it wasn't until that class, like my first like psychology one on one or whatever it's called, that I was like, this stuff is dope. This is like, do I want to be a psychologist? Is this what I'm supposed to be? I I legit was at, I was like, do I want to be a psychologist? No, like plot twist. No, I didn't. But it was definitely a a key. um, It was a a piece of the puzzle for me that like, I realized, yeah, what I'm supposed to be doing is like going to be something that lets me really leverage my fascination with the human mind and how people think. It's why I moved from clinical psych into coaching actually is because, you know, we can look at origin stories and all that stuff. It's what strengths do you have that we can leverage now? What have been the obstacles? How did you overcome them? That's, that's huge. Dr. Wayne Purnell, Dr. P, would like to invite you to dare to declare that your dreams are worthy. Beyond all of the success you have that got you here, You know you're bigger than the life you're currently living. What have you set aside to get to where you are? Don't you want to wake that back up? It really is possible to explore new dreams and dare to desire without giving up your current path of success. Pop over to Dr. Purnell's free masterclass to help you get from your desire to your destination. www.powerfulpresencemasterclass.com That's PowerfulPresenceMasterclass.com Dr. P's free masterclass is at www.PowerfulPresenceMasterclass.com I love that you spent a few minutes on on talking about learning. Uh, It is one of my company's core values. Education and learning, like continuous education, continuous learning. If we're not learning, we're stagnating. Right? And so... And, and I mean, we, we're coming out of this pandemic thing, right? So uh, people are like, but the, the message from science keeps changing. Right. It's like, that's the flipping point. It's supposed to, right? right. The more we learn, the more that we get to say, oh, what we thought was the case isn't necessarily the case. We now have more information. We can grow from here. And, and if you take that as a personal lesson, what I thought was the case about myself either limitations or strengths. And now I've learned more. Wow. I can leverage that. Mm. I agree. I agree that, um, that first of all, I'm glad that you make learning such a core value of your, your business as someone who I've defined my core values as of right now to be love, learning and freedom. So as long as I use that as my filter for basing my decisions in this life is if this allows me to experience higher levels of love, of high levels of learning, higher levels of uh, of freedom, whether it's time, freedom, location, dependence, social freedom, um, financial freedom, whatever it might be, but freedom, so great. right? Uh, optionality is, those are my core values. But I think that when you were talking and saying that, it made me realize that some people listening may not know, uh, and I'm not saying that you don't teach this to your employees, but I think some people, it gets, they confuse, um, learning for for input and i say i make this distinction because i've i've taken strengths finders i'm, I'm sure you have or i'm sure people listening know about it um it was sitting in front of my shelf for like literally i think years before i actually like cracked it open but when i took it 
I have, uh, I actually have the mug like sitting over here. That's got like my five, you know, strengths on it. Uh, but one of my, two of my top strengths are first of all, all my strengths live within the realm of strategy. So I'm literally built for like strategy and I love strategy. It's so fun for me, but two of my, my top five strengths are, um, input and learning. Nice. And so I love, love, love that, that it, even now, and when I first took it, I was like, well, I, I, I kind of lived in, I was like, wait, aren't, aren't those the same? Like, isn't learning like soaking up information? It's not yeah. right. Yeah. Input is what I think often people confuse for learning. And they just think like, Oh, I'm supposed to hoard a lot of information. And that's actually not true. There's a point to which, you know, absorbing and hoarding information is actually creates diminishing value for you. Yes. And you have all this information that's not usable because you retain none of it and none of it actually applies to what you're doing. And even if it did, you're not actually doing the, the active um, playing around with the concepts and failing with them and messing up with them that it requires to actually learn something. Right. And so I think that there's an art to, I'm so grateful for having gone to been to workshops and surrounding myself with uh, really power, really powerful students slash teachers. The best teachers are the best are the ones who are the best students and they sure. teach the art of being a student. There's an sure. art to being a student. Uh, if someone is not a, has not being a quality student, well then they resort in an attempt to learn, they resort to just hoarding information. Person who's a quality student learns things like, you know, how to discern what is a good quality source of information, um, how to know when to stop hoarding and when to start ap applying information how to uh, how to create the highest level of retention of information so that you can quickly recall it at when you most need it. Um, and most importantly, in my opinion, which is the best students know how to spot a quality teacher. And one of my favorite lessons I'll say about this is that my, one of my favorite quotes is that, uh, you know, from somebody who I see myself as a disciple of is he said, his name's Ido Portal. He's actually you know, a movement practitioner, he's a movement, I consider him a movement expert. He would never call himself an expert because he just sees himself as a student, a practitioner and a teacher, but he's, you know, Conor McGregor and just people, celebrities and uh, people who are, whether they're ice skaters, dancers, wrestlers, athletes, anybody who's, who's, who rely on movement for their craft, they seek this guy out in droves. And What's one his name that he said, Ido Portal, his Portal. his name is spelled uh, as I do, I D O, gotcha. Portal, and his portal, basically spelled Portal. But I went to a workshop of his, and one thing I, I was grateful to see him in person and hear him say was that you know, it's often said that a teacher or a student will cross an entire ocean, or will they'll cross an entire sea just to find, you know the right teacher, mm -hmm. right? If you see somebody as valuable, to, which I literally did to see him, by the way, I went to like, he was in London and I literally flew on my first ever time going like to Europe was to, to learn. It was, it was to learn from this man because I saw him as such a powerful teacher. And so the quote says, or the, what he said was, a, a, a great student will cross an entire sea for a great teacher, but a teacher will cross seven C's for a quality student. Mm. And that stuck with me. And I, I have never forgotten that. I always remember to, that, that I, I, 
that's like forever tattooed in my brain because it reminds me, what it reminds me is that, yes, the ability to discern who is a good source of, to draw information from, but even more valuable is my ability to ask, am I being the student who would be worthy and would be a worthwhile student worth pouring into once if I even get the shot at being in front of this person and just knowing that um, I think that's something to remember as well. If for anybody's listening, cause I work with um, and I, I, I'm in a lot of conversations with people in who are in startup world, VC and in tech. And I think it's a world where like, you know, it's not just in that world, but you know, we are, we're those who are, who want to be successful. We're often told like, Oh, get a good mentor, get a good mentor, get a good mentor. But I think so much more importantly, so much more importantly than like finding a good mentor is asking yourself, am I, am I this kind of student that a mentor would really even want to pour into? That's like, huge. And, and, and like, I That's mean, huge. it's massive because if you're, and I, because when you're the right, when you're the right student and you, you exude an energy of humbleness, humility, coachability, um, willingness and ability, it's one thing to be willing, but if you're not able, then Right. So there's a level of competency that you have to have just technical chops to even be able to execute on what the person would even teach you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's so many things that, you know, when, cause you can, you're only one person, right. You can only do so much hunting for the right mentor, but you're always going to be around people. People always have eyes on you. And if you're being a good student, the right mentor, they will literally do as much as you're trying to find them, the right mentor will try, do even more to find someone that they can pass their information and pass their legacy onto. Right. I love that. I love And they can tell, they can see, yeah. like they can see, they can sniff out like a mile away somebody who's not ready versus someone who's hungry. It's, it's so easy. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's making me reflect on my journey, right? But the, it's mm. like, you know, in terms of coaching and, and uh, moving to different levels and, it's absolutely true. Like being in that space of, I must keep learning. Right. Mm -hmm. Also right. the journey of martial arts. I mean, you mentioned your dad was a martial artist for me. I'm a fourth degree black belt. A lot mm -hmm. of times when people reach black belt, the first degree black belt, they're like, Woo, I got my belt. I'm done. Versus the reality of, wow, I've got my black belt. Now I know that the learning must begin. Right. And it's like you reach a level of mastery. <laughs> that and applies go, to so much. <laughs> say that again. That applies to so much. I mean, marriage comes to mind. Like people think, oh, I've made it. I'm like, you're in kindergarten now. Like, let's yeah. see if you can get to college. <laughs> oh, totally. Right. It applies to ah. everything, which yeah. goes back to be willing to learn and continue right. to learn. Right. It's it's all of that. This is great. Yeah. We're, um, we're coming up on the top of the hour. Uh, so right. I wanted to make sure that that if there were loops that you wanted to close on, you know, you'd, you'd moved and like what, if there's a couple sentences you could give to, yeah, I right. thought I was going to med school. Then I went to physiology. Yeah, and I can keep it since I gave you the foundation. That's like more important in my mind. I think I can yeah keep it to the international versions of the rest. So I went to basically after two years spent in the, my, my second, my last years of high school in Tennessee, I went to, I was thinking, okay, my thought process was, all right, I don't really, like, I think I want to follow my parents' footsteps and be a doctor, but 
like I don't really have a passion for, but like I'll I'll find like a school that you know has a good chance of like releasing like a medical professionals. So maybe I'll find out if I'm cut out for it there. And so I ended up going to Lipscomb University just because at the time it was you know also in state. So I had in state scholarship. I had you know um, it had a high rate of graduating medical professionals, and it was you know I think in the magazines at the time that was calling it like the um, college hunting research magazines is calling like the best value for anybody who's trying to you know, go to med school. So I was like, ah, no brainer. Duh. So, um, ended up applying there, got accepted. And first couple of years I was like, it was like, I was so, you know, it was my first time like really having true freedom. And so like, I misspent it <laughs> and I didn't really study, but then it also spoke to the fact that, like, I just wasn't passionate about learning the thing that I was there to learn. I get nothing about me. Like wanted to go to be a doctor, but I was telling myself like, Oh, like it'll be, you gotta like uphold their legacy and like go on and do this thing. Mm. And I was like, and it took me not until like I, you know, basically got an academic probation that I like really have to like stop and question. Cause I really had two, it was a fork in the road moment. And I've had so many fork in the road moments. In my life. I love those moments. Cause they really make you, they, yeah. Uh, they kind of, they force you to do the right thing. But um, if I was basically, I can either keep messing up with my academics or I can decide to like figure out what I, what am I really passionate? What do I really want to do? And so the first thing that came to mind was like, okay, I've been playing sports my whole life. What if I pivot and use this to turn towards um, you know, working as a sports physical therapist or something like that, like that, that could appeal to me. Right. So I did that. And I, I ended up graduating with, I, I spent an extra year. So I was a fifth year senior and I graduated with a major in biology and a minor in, uh, kinesiology or major. Yeah. It was a kinesiology major, but my minor was in biology. My minor was in, um, what was my minor biology and I'm forgetting now even wow um <laughs> uh, I think it was oh exercise science yes that was it um and so biology and exercise science which is typically when you're going to PT school which was in my plan at the time uh you that's what that's the combo that's the stack that you want you want biology and you want exercise science and so I ended up doing a externship in kinesiology after I graduated and I was basically working at a physical therapy clinic, which I'm so grateful for. So I spent a year there and I thought it was going to be my launching pad in PT school, but it ended up being my launching pad to my purpose because it was working there as a tech who was basically, I was the person who was carrying out the orders of the physical therapist. And I was basically the one who was guiding the people, uh, guiding the patients who came in injured, whether like busted knees, bad back, whatever it was. They were, I, I was working with a broken, physically broken Um and I was the one who was carrying out the shirt, carrying out the orders of the, of the physical therapist and telling them, Hey, like, let's do this exercise, this exercise, you know, moving along in that fashion, taking, so I was basically the trainer for the wounded. Uh, mm -hmm. But I was so much more in that moment because I was a person who I was just naturally being like optimistic and just like being like, you know, positive and like, it wasn't work for me. Like I was just like naturally. And like people would tell me, by the time they came in and like the months had passed and like they were, I had helped them become consistent because I just, I, I helped them I, when they were down, like, I don't know if this is working. I could sense it. And I could be like, Hey, we're almost like hanging there. We got this. Like I was their encourager. I was like their light. I was a candle in, a, in like a world of darkness. Cause when, when you, everything matters, right. Until your body's broken. Hmm. 
Yep. Right. Until your yep. physical world is, is, is infringed upon. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's broken. Totally and so, right. and, and then when that happens, only one thing matters. It's just like, how do I get, will I ever walk again? There's so much fear. There's so much doubt. And so I was the per, in a world full of like, that's, that was their entire experience. Just doubt, fear, uh, you know, and at like, will I, I don't know. Yes. And so I was a person who I was a voice in the ear telling them, Hey, like you got this. Let's just like one move at a time. I'm here for you. Like literally letting them balance. Like I'm, I was like, hold like, so the, I think the moment where I discovered my purpose was actually working there. That's why I'm so grateful for that experience because a woman, one of the clients told me with tears in her eyes, she told me, Chase, I am just, I'm just so grateful for you. Um, I would not have been able to do this and, and heal if it, if it were for you. I, I, I'm so grateful for it. In that moment, I felt something for the first time in my life that I, I'd never felt before. And I was like, wow, this feels really good. Yeah. I, it's like, and in that moment, it was while working there that I, I coined my purpose statement, which is, I think I'm supposed to be, I think I'm supposed to help people overcome their barriers physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like for as many people as possible until I expire. And like, wow. that's where mm-hmm. I, that's where I found that. Uh, and as many people as, as widely and as deeply as possible before I expire. And so in that moment I realized, okay. That was, so that was my next breadcrumb. And I realized, okay, that's what I want to do. How am I going to do it? And so I, I started like, I tried to, I thought my next step from there was going, okay, maybe I can start by being a personal trainer, help people actually not just get from like negative to Z to like zero to like square one, but let me see if I can help people get stronger. Right. And the place I was working at, I wanted to ask, I wanted to work as a trainer there, but um, they didn't let me. So I ended up leaving and I did some odd jobs, worked with like a moving company, it's restaurant jobs, other stuff until I finally got my break as a uh, Barry's bootcamp instructor. And from there, the rest is history. Worked at Barry's bootcamp, started doing personal training, did coaching, uh, started an online fitness company with a couple friends of mine. I started my own fitness coaching business. And shortly after that, I uh, got reached out to by Peloton and we got on the phone call and I was super confused at first. I was like, why are you talking to me? Like, I don't, I'm not a cyclist. What do you, I, I'm a, I, I was a bootcamp instructor prior, prior like previously in, in the past before they reached out to me. And I, I was into like strength. I had done like a bodybuilding competition. So I was all about that. And I was like, why, why would like, what is this? And so I almost didn't even like <laughs> pick up the call and answer the call to my, you know, which I now believe was like a purpose moment. And yeah, I, I picked up the phone. They talked to me like my, I was felt like I was like in the matrix, like downloading, like I, I was, I could see, I could see everything play out. And I was like, yes, this is supposed to, this is the thing. And so I said, yeah. And the rest is history. So here I am. The landing in your purpose happened right. from someone giving you the gift of gratitude. Right. And you're like, okay, that's exactly right. And this feels good. From mm-hmm. there, like you, you went to, you, you ran a boot camp. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was you don't teach. Like there's nothing about your style that is very boot camp like. Mostly it's, we're going to do some hard stuff, do what you can. We're going to push through this. 
do right. this, you take joy in actually uh, pushing people to limits and then. Right. I love then, it. <laughs> right? right. But it's not like the typical when I think of boot camp, it's like get them, pump it up, go, 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 go. Right. It's not as um, as forceful as that. It is. There's this right. like I'm here to shove you and I'm here to hug you right. and I got you both, you know, and it's right. like so. So like, because I so appreciate you on, uh, you know, in the, in the world of Peloton, it's, um, right. It's so Thank good. You. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. That's uh, you're a little scary that, in that world, but uh, it's like, it's part right. of why I like you. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yes, early on, I, I decided that, you know, I had to decide like, okay, what will my style be? And, uh, even before being at, Peloton I had I discovered because I, I went through just like everybody else who's just stepping into like a, a an industry for the first time I was like who am I like what's my style and like what am I going to be known for and so I went through those moments where I was like you know um like questioning and like doubtful like and, and like watching other people and like learning and observing them and their styles I would see some people who were like more laid back like there was uh, some instructor, one instructor who just like literally would just like do the like say like hey this is what you're gonna do go do it and I loved I loved taking that class but I've noticed and I observed that not everybody else did like there would be only a few people who would actually come to that because not everybody's built that way I did because I love the challenge of just like you give me the assignment and it's like it's almost like you're daring me like I bet you can't do this I love that I love being nice. dared but then not everybody's built like that like not everybody's that rebel that rebel um, who who sees that who sees, you know, the world that way. And I noticed, and so I, I formed my kind of, but then on the other side of things, there were the more, most popular classes were the ones where it was like, you know, all like happy and like music and like, like, you know, and I was like, okay, that's not me. I'm, I, I could, as hard as I might try, I'm not going to win that game because that's not who I am. I'm not like, uh, okay. I'm not so like, so right. I've done the cardio dancing with Cody and um, right. <laughs> right. it is a ridiculous place to be. And um, mm -hmm. you know, it's fun and you have to let go right. of everything that you are to mm -hmm. be able to, to do that with you. Right. You know, there's something I want to point out before, before we come back to, to this and it ties directly to it. Right. You asked yourself a question that very, very, very few people ask. And that is, what am I going to be known for? Right. Most people don't ask themselves that, right? That at some point you make a decision that this is who you are. This is how you're going to be. This is right. how I'm going to be known. Most people don't ask themselves that. And in terms of challenge, mm -hmm. like for my audience, I think that is a core question mm -hmm. to take forward from here, which is what are you going to be known for? What is your legacy? Right. What is your style? How are you affecting the people around you in the world? What, uh, what will people say about you that then attracts them back to you because you're offering them something? Um, and I think that that is huge. You know, what you're offering in the world, you do see the, you do see um, a dare as a challenge and you do encourage people to step into that challenge. And that is part of your appeal is, you know, right. we're about to lift some, you know, you, we've gone from, from middle weights to, to heavy weights. We're about to do something really hard. Let's go. Mm -hmm. 
And right. um, that's yes. usually when I cuss a little bit. So, <laughs> and I, I I know in those moments I can like feel because I'm I'm very good at like I'm taking like that's one thing I like about Peloton is that like I'm in those workouts I'm doing the workouts with you. Yes. So I know I I'm doing them with you. So I'm like okay if, if I'm gonna if I'm thinking about this with this kind of anticipation I know what they're thinking and it kind of gives me this this ability to like know what people are thinking without you know yep. without having to be psychic right um and so um yeah i decided before you know even before moving to new york and doing what i do now that i was going to be like okay i think the thing that i want if there was one thing that i want people to leave my experience feeling it's encouragement and that was the thing that people around me who knew me who knew me well who were my friends when they would take my class they'd be like you're just the best encourager, Chase. Like you're, you're the best. Like nobody can encourage like you. And so I was like, oh, well, if that's what I'm actually good. That's my strength. And that's what I want to do anyway. Why don't I lean into that and like figure out ways to play and infuse that with other things, but let that be the core. So the number one thing I love people leaving my classic feeling is encouraged. Now I'll still have moments depending on like my mood or like whatever the lesson. I don't see that. I don't see the workouts as just like, it's just the workout. It's like, I, I, I choose to look at, my, my sessions as, uh, you know, I think I said today in one of my classes, it's a, it's a standard, uh, we're setting a new standard in some kind of way. Now the standard might be, Hey, we're going to set a new standard for learning how to, I might be feeling playful. So I might be like, Hey, we're going to set a new standard for just like letting ourselves move, like and coming at this from a perspective of just play. Like, we're not going to take it too seriously. If you want to feel free, but I, I'm just going to like, we're just going to play, right? Love it. We're just showing up. We're, move, we're getting into movement to play. Um, it might be, okay, hey, today's a day that we're just like, whether we like it or not, we're just going to show up and get the thing done. So let's challenge that. Let's raise the standard that we have for being able to show up in life with just, you, you know, just showing up and getting the thing done. Because, you know, that sometimes that's what life just takes. And yeah. another time is it's like, okay, we have a specific outcome we're going for. We have a metric. We have a mission. You know, so different. I love that every every experience can have like a different kind of lens or layer to it. But at the core, the meat of it, you're always going to leave feeling whether you feel pushed, whether you feel like you've had a playful time, whether you feel like you've just leaned in on like a very you know intellectual conversation. You always leave feeling encouraged. You always leave feeling um, better physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, in every kind of way, better than you found me. Than, than when you can so nice nice um uh, i'm just i'm making notes uh, this is this is awesome is there is there anything that you feel like we didn't touch on that you would like to touch on are there lessons learned yeah along the way? great question great question i think the one thing i didn't really touch on is like what i'm doing now oh yeah uh the well aside from what you know how everybody knows me, right? Uh, or everybody who's listening, who takes classes or knows of me, uh, knows me at least. So behind the scenes, whenever you don't see me taking teaching like live classes, I'm really, um, I'm really. Uh, some people have hobbies, you know, you know, and they have other things that they do, whether it's like collecting cards or you know, fishing, whatever there is. My 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 mission, not just a hobby, but it's my mission. It's my obsession is to, um, is to learn how to become the person who changes a billion lives. Um, as my starting point. Um, can I pause by, you there? 
Sure. Okay. So uh, it's like I haven't heard anybody else besides me say that out loud, which <laughs> I want to teach, touch, and transform a billion lives. I want to lift, lift and, and that's B, it's a billion with a B. It's a seventh right. of the population. And right. we do it because we do it by starting with an accountable individual, one I versus we. It's like I make a difference. I make a ripple. Those ripples have ripples. And whether I'm the one that's touching a billion lives or I've touched people's lives who have touched others who have touched others. And, and it's like, I love that, that you, uh, that you have said that out loud. So that's, um, yes. That's- yes. And I, if you even look at my, you know, I change it all the time, but as of right now, my Instagram bio says, you know, which is one of the places people can find me by the way, at Chase Tucker on Twitter or Instagram. Um, it, it says, uh, I forget if I said I want. To, I'm here to. My mission is to change a billion. Is to improve a billion lives, or if I'm building. Excuse me. If I'm gamifying, one billion dollar work work ethic. One of the two, but it's it's kind of both. It's like in order to like, you know, you know, touch a billion lives, I have to create a billion dollar work ethic. And so, my mission is to you know improve a billion lives, and specifically by being um, someone who is pouring in my energy into as if like philanthropically, but then do the work that I do into as many people, businesses, organizations that are helping to make the world a more just and equitable society. And I plan to do that as of right now by starting my own VC fund. Uh, one day, it, within the next decade, I plan to do this. It might happen. Who knows? It might happen next year. I don't know. <laughs> but I want to start my own VC fund and really have the, the financial and intellectual and social capital to infuse startups that are led by, uh, by, uh, underestimated community leaders Love it. who can, who can then use their, their business as a vehicle for, for success and impact in, in the world. And so I really, I really want to be someone who's a tool to help solve some of the biggest, the, the biggest and greatest problems in the world that I can find that I also am, am conducive for that my God-given talents are, are built for. And so. Oh, that resonates so strongly with me. I am a huge proponent of literacy. And the reason I think literacy worldwide is so important is that literacy helps in establishing critical thinking yeah. Right. That that what we need is critical thinkers, people who can look young people who can of uh, like around the world of from all backgrounds who can look at the world right. and go, you know, this is what I'm seeing, but it doesn't have to be this way. And so literacy right. leading to critical thinking to solve world problems, hunger and climate change and um, on and on and on. Right. So that that we can affect change. And I just, I love that you're starting a VC fund and mm. you know, the, that's the plan. That's the plan right now. And from what I can see right now, from this vantage point, that's what it looks like, but it might look like something different. But from now where I am right now, it looks like me building relationships, connecting with startups, uh, specifically, more specifically um, diverse um, women from 
uh, underestimated yes. communities because I think that the yes. world the world needs more of yes. that energy. And I mean, all positions of power, you know, across the board, whether it's in government, Agreed. you know, you know, boardrooms, C-suite executives, you know, wherever community leaders. But um, specifically, I realized that my where my passion, where my competency, where my experience, where my education, and more all align is in the world of tech. And it's in the world of, uh, it's me using my strategic mind to help be an advisor to, uh, and a coach or mentor, but lending my strategic thinking to businesses and whether it's in an advisor capacity as a coach, mentor, whatever, to, to, to really be, a, like I said, a tool to help them really help level the playing field. That's the way I look at it. It's like, I'm here to like, you know, just mischievously, just dismantle every kind of system, um, obstruction, obstacle that could possibly keep these kind of people from fulfilling their purpose. And I'm here to do it as big as possible before I die. Uh, I never know when that day may come, but um, but here to do it as, as big as possible and as as quickly as possible. But it's not. I'm not optimizing for speed because I need it to be as fast as possible. I'm optimizing for speed because I want to. I know that the more that I the more speed I get with it, the more that I can do. The greater the, the impact. I'm here. Absolutely. Exactly. The, yeah. So I'm slow is fast. So I am, I have, I have, I have patience in the, in the, as Gary V would, you know, who I love following, listening to, as he would say, I have, you know, macro patience, but I have micro speed and urgency and I, I have micro impatience with myself. And just like, you know, I want, I, I need to see action for myself on a consistent basis uh, but on the macro level, I'm so patient. I'm so unattached from outcome. I have the burning desire matched with the, you know, outcome detachment. So that's huge, right? And I I want to make sure that the audience just heard that too. Like as you're listening to this, uh, it is burning desire matched with a, a sense of detachment. It's like outcome detachment. It's like right. This needs to. So, you know, I use the, I use the phrase joyfully dissatisfied. Yes. I want to live my life joyfully dissatisfied, which is if Mm -hmm. you paused me right now, I'm joyful. I wake up annoyingly perky. I'm joyful. And I'm not like, if, if you paused me, I would not be happy because Mm -hmm. there's more to do. There's always right. more. There's always more. And so mm-hmm. I can appreciate, I live in gratitude. And I also know that, that there's more to do. There's more to serve. There's like, we can serve more greatly. We can affect more lives. We've got, and that's the passion. That's the burn. I mm-hmm. love so much connecting with you. Um, I believe yeah, we're going to do this again sometime. Let's, let's connect back a year from now. Who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have the VC fund by then. I don't want to wait a year. So, uh, and, and, and it's like, who yeah. knows? It's like, you know, and it's not going to take a year. So, uh, <laughs> this is awesome. Well, uh, is there anything that I can do, you know, before, you know, we wrap up, uh, I'd love to know how I can, you know, be of service, you know, for you and for this podcast that I'm really grateful for being on, uh, or okay. for any of the listeners who are, cause I know the things that I could you know, potentially offer, but, I'd love to hear what you might find valuable that I could, I could be, how I could be of service. 
Well, you know, the more lives we touch, the the better. And so the, your ability to tag the podcast, to tag me, to like that kind of stuff, being able to leverage the voice is a is a big deal. Um, in terms of our listeners and, and uh, viewers, I think what's important is for them to know how to reach you. Um, right. right. So on Instagram, it's at Chase Tucker. On Twitter, yes. it's the same thing, right? At Chase yes. Tucker. And I plan on getting a website up uh shortly and they can find me you know chase tucker.com so i'll keep it super simple do you have do you have that url i do it's not uh it's not if you go there right now it might not lead to anything no but that's fine like just being able to to know that 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 exists right right i just found out that there's a like you know i get google alerts about my name right and so i just I just found out that there's a Wayne Purnell who is like this vice captain of a soccer team in South Africa. Oh, wow. So I'm getting all, yeah. this, <laughs> getting all yeah. these alerts like Wayne Purnell wow. did this. I'm like, what? So uh, just to, to be able to have your name, right? ChaseTucker.com is great. We will find that. You should and, reach out to him and, and ask him if he uh, <laughs> he's ever plans on, on, you know, you know, that's, parting that's ways hilarious. with it. That's, That's how I got my Instagram. That's a funny story. I literally asked someone who had Chase Tucker. I was like, hey, do you, would it be okay? I'd, I'd be happy to pay you for it. But would it, and he just gave it to me. And I was like, oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. No, I, yeah. I own WaynePurnell.com. I own DynamicLeader.com. I oh, own, nice. Okay. I own a, I own a ton of, of URLs, yeah. uh, including nice. the TheBreakthroughSuccessCoach.com. Um, so, um, yeah, so... Seriously, like, obviously, I, I want to support you and your efforts. You've come right. here. You've given me and the audience so much. I really appreciate that. Um, right. Yeah. So how do we support you as well? What's Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you for asking. I think that the number one way that anyone can support me is uh, if you know I mean, there's the obvious, like if you, if you want to, I won't say follow, follow me necessarily because if you, you, you may not, I'd say if, you, if you're interested and you find value, then of course you're naturally going to do this. I don't even have to say, but um, if you, uh, if there, if there's anyone listening who is uh, aware of, or like knows anybody who is, you know, a startup founder or really anyone in the startup tech VC world who is from an under uh, either underestimated community or they're just like somebody who's just like a good, you know, good person, quality person who, uh, who, who they think that would be valuable for me. Like they've listened to what I'm talking about. They're like, huh, you know, this person would be so great for, to connect with Chase. Um, Send them my way. Like um, either, you know, DM me on Instagram. I check my DMS still you know i'm not at a million followers yet so it's still easy to relatively easy to like still check dms but um if you yeah if you and then i think of the second way other than sending people like that my way which that alone would be super valuable but it would be to if you do follow me if you decide to follow me then just like and and you do find the things that i'm sharing valuable then just uh share it because you know like you said it's just about it's about touching as many people as possible with a message and if and I, I really, really aim when I do share content, I really aim to make it something that's nourishing and that's valuable for people, either nourishing them physically or men- giving them information that can either help them physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, or something that's just going to make them feel smarter by the time they've finished reading it. 
or know themselves better. And so I just, if the best compliment anybody can give me is like, if it's valuable for you, then chances are, you know, somebody else who would be valuable for it. And I love, I just love to share the wealth. So that's so good, Chase. Um, Can I end with uh, reading out some affirmations that you, that you say? Oh, please do. Please. All right. So this is, this is just so grounding. And so, you know, picture yourself if you haven't taken a class with Chase, Picture yourself like you could barely lift your arms off off the side of your body um, and that you're lying back on the floor and you're sweating and breathing hard. And and then you hear this calming voice say, I am becoming my best, strongest and highest self with each day I choose to take consistent action towards my goals and purpose. I'm in competition with no one except the person I was yesterday. And I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be on the path I have specifically chosen and created. I am the master of my mind. I am the master of my body. I am the master of my life. Chase Tucker, thank you for being here with me today. And so, so it is. Good. And so it is. Yes. That made me feel, that just made me feel like my energy just spiked a little bit when you, so when you were just reading that out loud, I was like, man. Is that what it feels like to have that right to you? <laughs> it, oh, it totally uh, is, right? Which is, I think right. it's it's so important that you hear your own words back sometimes because right. it's like, right. dang, that's good. Like, yeah, right? It's it like, dang, that's good. Right. Chase, I get a lot of messages. You. I think that's the number one message I get from people now is like, I love those affirmations. Where can I find them? So I, need, I think I need to make something. That like either a shirt that has them on mugs, like a, shirts, something like I'm the master of is like really good. It's like yeah, it's mm. so good. And I'm in competition, but with no one but who I was yesterday. It's like right. that's and so that's it, if you want just a quick backstory behind how that came to be, I was listening to so I practice, you know, affirmations, visualizations, meditation, all these kind of things to help yeah. optimize myself for the greatness I wish to achieve. And so when I often on my journey, when I find little things that work for me, I'll just share them as like nuggets, you know, crumbs for, for people behind me. And so I had listened to last year, uh, a visualization exercise in which one of the things they said was like, was, um, I, I'm the master of my mind. I'm the master of my body. I'm the master of my life. And that was, so I felt that when it said that, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start saying affirmations in my classes. And so the first two, I made, I created myself. And then the last one was from, from that, but it's just, um, yeah. And, and the, the reason I think that, um, the competition and they were all, they were all words that I needed. So I said them for, for myself first, but I knew it'd be valuable for others. Uh, and so ending each class that way, like, it's like you said, I'm, I'm becoming my best, strongest and highest self with each day that I choose to take consistent. I'm, in competition with no one because it's so easy in this world nowadays to just like see whether on social media or whatever you just see competition but like we need to we truly do need a reminder sometimes that like dude there's no there is no competition you are the competition you are <laughs> your only competition you're in a race right? of of one yeah so, yeah yeah you're it's you know everything the competition is is the fear right. and doubt that you've let creep in and yes and it's like yes. let's crush that mm-hmm. you know those exactly. are the lies if we can get rid of the lie of fear, the lie of mm-hmm. doubt, and recognize that the truth is the strength of, mm-hmm. of knowing that the answer is right there. Right. 
and using the tool of curiosity. I mean, this ties together everything we've been talking about, Chase. And Absolutely. It is, it's what's going to get you into your VC fund. It's going to get you to, seriously, I mean, that's going to get right. you to a place of, of touching the billion lives. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you joined me. Mm-hmm. And um, and really, I look forward to our future mm-hmm. connection. I don't know what that me looks too. like. Me too. I'm I, super... Uh, yeah. I'm su- again I'm super grateful for being here. Thank you to to you, your whoever helps set this up. Um everyone who's listening right now and if there's one final word that I'll say, it would just be um you know, I believe it's a, it's a quote that I I've, I've heard and I'll pass along, but I believe that the the person who will help us as a society and as a, as humanity uh usher in a new era um you know, of heightened consciousness, prosperity, um, justice, equity, everything, they will be uh, the person who's the most whole among us. And so I just, um, I would love to encourage anyone who's listening right now, if you ever, whatever you're going through, whatever you are um, experiencing, uh, whatever brokenness you might be feeling, just know that it's a part of you becoming the person who is uh, stronger and more whole so that you can be uh, the leader who this world is needs you to be and is waiting on you. We can't wait to see you become that person. So, and so it is so good. Thank you so much. So it is. All right. Hang with me as I close yeah. this out. Chase Tucker, thank you sure. for being here. Uh, this is, thank you. yeah, this is one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most powerful interview with Chase Tucker today. And I am Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your Powerful Presence Mentor. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your Powerful Presence Mentor. 